You're locked on to DJ and PK. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio show for over a decade. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Ann's Monday from noon to 3 at Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. It's Football Friday. We are getting your predictions. What do you expect out of this weekend's games? What's going to happen? How's this going to work out? Well, I'm going to quote a Post Malone tune. Featuring, of course, is, you know, Hollywood's Bleeding is the new uh, record out today. It's featuring Lil Baby and Meek Mill, Sweet. as you know. No, and I didn't, but we'll go with it. It is titled On the Road, and that's what the Cougars are going to do. They're going to go on the road and win. Northern Illinois is going to go on the road and lose. Don't act like you've been with them before, right? Precisely. Time for the red and the blue. Brian Keel will join us at 9.05. Adjustment on the time. 9.05 for Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman, joins us right now on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, Lisa any handset. Get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? It's a pleasure to not have to hit Brian Keel anymore. I'll just try to uh, give him a lead. <laughs> we are doing fine considering the color of the sky. We're a, little, uh, we're a little depressed by the grayness that surrounds us right now. But there'll be college football and we can watch TV and not worry about the weather. So what are you, when you watch this game, what are you going to be watching for? Because it seems like uh, this ought to be a blowout. Vegas has them as a 23-point favorite. What are you going to be watching for from the Utes in this game? And is there any chance Vegas is wrong? No, Vegas is not wrong. Remember, a year ago they had to go to DeKalb, Illinois. They played Sutton Smith, who was an All-American type pass rusher, beat player. They don't have that anymore, does Northern Illinois. So this game's going to be different, but... Yeah, the youths do need to do some things differently. Namely, the tight ends need to catch the ball on offense. Tyler Hunt, he's got to be a little more accurate. He was only 13 of 16 against BYU, but they were throwing a lot of the short stuff there. But uh, both the tight ends had drops. You want to see that cleaned up. I want to see more of Jordan Wilmore at running back. He's a very special talent, and I want to continue to see him get maybe five to ten carries a game. Uh, defensively, I want to see Devin Lloyd get some more experience. Francis Bernard at the linebacker spot is elite. I think everyone expected that. He looks like he's a first-team all-Pac-12 type linebacker. You don't accidentally get interceptions. There's a lot of great linebackers that played at Utah for many years, and they've got one or two career interceptions. It seems like every three games, Francis Bernard is making that type of impact. So he was and is elite. Devin Lloyd's got all the tools, but he was running around a little bit last week. Uh, and, and I don't even want to say he was out of position, but I just want to see him get a little more comfortable. But 
those are some of the things you can work on against Northern Illinois. The youth need to figure out their right guard spot on offense. They rotated a few guys in there, and so I, I want to see them solidify that. But Utah's second half against BYU was elite. They need to try to capitalize on that and try to get that type of momentum uh, and that type of play going the entire game. So you say Jordan Wilmore, Wilmore is or can be special. So I'm wondering, uh, a little comparison, John White special or Zach Moss special? Zach Moss special. Uh, with all due respect to Juan Blanco Quattro, the Wolfman, he was undersized. Right. And he ran straight ahead, and he followed his blocking scheme, and there's something to be said for that. Uh, there's got, I mean, you guys remember Kelvin York? He refused to follow the blocking scheme. So it's not a given that every running back just follows his offensive line. John White did a great job of that, but John White had a dearth of speed. I seem to remember him running about a 4.8. Uh, Jordan Wilmore is a beefcake. He's got the same body type as Zach Moss. Remember Kyle Whittingham called him chubby? That uh, He showed up a little chubby, started eating that dorm food, and he's got that type of body, whereas... John White, I mean, the heaviest he may ever weigh in his life might be 190, 200 pounds. But now Jordan Wilmore's got that ability. But, look, he's not going to pass up Zach Moss. Zach Moss is that speed and that wiggle. But, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why USC really wanted Jordan Wilmore. He's he's special. He's a good player. Kyle Gunther joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, are they going to play it really close to the vest? Is this going to be vanilla another week of dink and dunk? What do you think the game plan looks like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you don't start throwing the ball until you need to. Contrary to what I'm sure the fans want, uh, Utah is a team that their strength is very clearly on the ground. Utah's left tackle, Darren Paulo, is great. Uh, Nick Ford played really well at right tackle. Overall, Utah was running the ball at such an elite level last week. Now, part of that was BYU just could not step up and stop him. BYU had some issues at linebacker last week, especially in the second half. Those linebackers wore down. They were getting washed. I mean, there were plays where BYU's linebackers were getting pushed back five yards off the ball. So there's no reason to go to a throw game. There's no reason to take any unnecessary risks and, and, you know, potentially give your offense a turnover because you're trying to show off. I would expect Utah's offense to be vanilla this week. And then next week, they're going to take some shots against Idaho State uh, just to try to, you know, get some real game practice on trying to throw a deep ball to uh, Damari Simpkins or maybe Jalen Dixon. We'll see. Brian Thompson played a lot last week, but he wasn't targeted. So uh, I think Utah will open it up against Idaho State, but there's no reason to do that against Northern Illinois. Uh, if a team can't stop you running the ball, there's no reason to open it up. But you do want to see Tyler Huntley get a little more accurate throwing from the move. Uh, but we're talking about really subtle things here. And no, you don't need to get aggressive against NIU. And there's something to be said for disguising your play calling for the first quarter of the season. You know, if USC comes out with three games worth of vanilla tape to study and they get surprised by USC uh, by Utah's past game because they haven't seen it, well, that's a good thing. And you do call different plays in the first month of the season versus the last month of the season. So the youth are still trying to figure that out. But, no, I, I do expect a vanilla game plan until the youth play USC when they got to mix it up a little bit. As a player, how do you get through the next two weeks knowing you got SC, as you said, in three games, but you got two games in which you should win easily? 
I loved it. And call me a front runner. Uh, I loved playing bad teams because you get a chance to kick somebody's ass for three quarters, and then you rest in the fourth quarter. And especially the older you get in your career, having a fourth quarter to rest means you're going to play, hopefully it's 20 less snaps. If you can play 15 or 20 less snaps in one week, you will be exponentially more fresh the next week. Because think about it. You know, in the first quarter, everyone's full of piss and vinegar. Everyone's tough there. The second quarter, you get a couple of dings and bruises. The third quarter is where you take a game over and your game plan should start to work. But then in the fourth quarter, whether it's a close game or not, that's when your body's fatigued. That's when the hips hurt more. That's when that sprained ankle swells up even more. Whatever it is, your jammed finger hurts even more. So ideally, Utah starters take most of the second half off over the next couple of weeks. Maybe not against NIU, but against Idaho State. I don't want to see any starters in for the fourth quarter. So that's how you handle it. You play at home, and you get a little confident. Football's a hard game. I don't care how bad you think NIU or Idaho State is. Those guys are big. They lift weights. They're going to try to get you, too. They're going to try to hurt you. But you have to take uh, an easy victory if you can get it because they're not that easy to come by. But then, yeah, afterwards, hopefully you're a little fresh. You meet some girls after the game. You enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. Football is such a hard sport. It's year-round. It can torture you mentally. Why not have an easy victory and maybe hit the town after a game every once in a while? Yeah, especially with an early morning start. That's right. That's right. Why not, man? Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman, joining us here. What do the Utes have to do to get a little better in the red zone so they're scoring more touchdowns and kicking fewer field goals? Yeah, they, they need to not bog down in the throw game. Tyler Huntley's got to be very accurate there, and I think they need to use their tight ends. Utah's got a couple of things going for them. They have tall tight ends, and they have a couple of tall receivers. Uh, Puka Nakua, or I'm sorry, Samson Nakua, was uh, quite a big red zone threat a year ago. I'd like to see Samson Nakua get used in the red zone again. And don't overthink it. Just throw a fade route. If he's tall and he's being guarded by a small corner, throw it up, and it's either going to be touchdown or the next down. And so I think Solomon Enos showed you a week ago in his catch where he could high point that football. That's the type of play you need to make in the red zone. Now, also, you've got to credit BYU. They made some stops. The defense does have less field to work with in the red zone. And so I thought last week BYU's defensive line and linebackers really stepped up in the red zone. And so that was part of it, too. But, yeah, red zone issues have been plaguing the youth for several years now. It's, it's very difficult to score in the red zone if you can't just run it down a team's throat, which is what the youth did in the second half against BYU. Now, I told you guys not to expect a blowout in the first half. And really, that's not going to happen in any game, except for maybe in the next week or two, you might see the Utes really build some momentum. But in the second half, when you make those adjustments and you start to wear a team down, that's when you can just run a dive play. Uh, you can just run uh, a basic inside zone, which is what the Utes did to start the fourth quarter when they scored against BYU. Uh, they also put together a great drive to start the second half there. But the Utes need to just rely on their power. Uh, their strength up front, their size. I don't mean the scheme power. I mean their offensive line is big. And if you get inside the 5 or the 10-yard line, you cannot be stopped or you should not be stopped just based on the size of your offensive line. So credit BYU. They made a couple of nice plays last week. But this is not a Utah team that's going to be upset about settling for field goals in certain situations. But if you settle for too many field goals against Washington, you're not going to win that game. And then it will be three straight losses to them. But 
man, the Pac-12 South really looks like it is the Utes for the taking. Uh, UCLA is even worse than I expected. USC's lost their quarterback. Arizona's just as big of a dump as a year ago. ASU's the question mark. I think ASU and, and maybe if USC can pull it together, but I, I think ASU right now is pretty clearly the, the second best team in the division. But the point is, the Utes should have the South wrapped up. They're a better team than everyone else in the South right now. So we know that drop passes has been an issue for several years, and that was one of the things you mentioned right off the top with the tight ends. Are you concerned? Yeah, I'm concerned because drops are a backbreaker for your offense. Drops and holding calls. Because for a drop to happen, everything else has to go right. The quarterback has to be protected. The receiver or tight end has to get open. These are very difficult things to accomplish at any level of football. And then when you do that and a ball is thrown behind the receiver or tight end and they drop it, well, it's hard to just blame your quarterback because as a player, you know that the quarterback's job is so difficult and you would never tell the quarterback, hey, make a better throw. The coaches might do that, but drops are a team stat. And last week, I thought Keithy and Fotheringham both had issues with the ball that was thrown behind them. Now, the old adage is if it hits you in the hands, you should catch it. And I believe that, and I think every player believes that, but yeah, I'm concerned because this is not the first time it's happened. It's been an issue over the last few years. Going back to, I remember Travis Wilson would struggle with this because he'd throw a ball 90 miles an hour over the middle. You've got to have touch and arm strength as a quarterback. And Tyler Huntley and Travis Wilson are similar in that regard. They have a ton of arm strength, but at times when you lack that touch, when you don't put a ball right on the numbers, well, then you give your receiver an opportunity to drop it. But yeah, I'm concerned because if tight ends aren't catching the ball, what are they doing? Utah's tight ends didn't block very well in the first half. They had a much better second half, but Utah's tight ends graded out as an F in the first half last week against BYU. They were whiffing uh, on blocks, completely missing. They were also dropping balls. That's bad. And I've been a part of Andy Ludwig teams where the tight ends struggle. He had a famous quote one day in practice. The tight ends were pissing him off. And we had a formation called, we had silver and blue packages. Blue was one tight end, silver was two tight ends. I assume the terminology is similar now, but one day he had two tight ends out there in practice, and one of them I don't know, lined up wrong or something, and he blew his whistle. Andy Ludwig stopped practice, and he said, I got a solution. The tight ends are out. <laughs> and he only called the red formation the whole rest of the week. And I think he used that in the game. Red means four receivers and one tight end. Uh, I'm sorry, four receivers and one back. So when you go four receivers and one back, there's no room for a tight end, and it sends the message that you guys have to be better or you're going to be on the bench. I guarantee Andy Ludwig had some thoughts last week in the first half. Hey, maybe we just go four wide receivers the whole rest of the game, but the tight ends have to block better. If they do that, then they'll catch the football. But you know, I'm concerned anytime there's drops because the, if the ball hits you in the hands, and you don't catch it, well then gain 50 pounds and come play on the offensive line. Because offensive linemen want to catch the ball. Running backs want to catch the ball. So if you have an opportunity to make a catch in a game and you drop it, everyone has the same thought on offense. They roll their eyes and they say, "Ah, all right, do your job or come play on the offensive line, for goodness sake. So did you ever have any ideas of losing 50 pounds and lining up on the edge? I asked every week, man. I was a great tight end when I was a sophomore in high school. I had 17 catches, and then I went to go run my 40 time because I was trying to get a scholarship, trying to be a Notre Dame tight end, an Oregon tight end. 
I'd been working out for two years as hard as I could, and my dad went and timed me at my high school, and I ran a 5640 mm. after working out for two years in training. <laughs> so it was very clear that I was given the curse of the Gunther butt. That is where our butt gives us no power, our hamstrings are weak, and we are very slow. Uh, but, yes, I asked the coaches a lot if I could move to tight end, and their response every time was, who are you again? So what is more attractive, the Gunther butt or the Kardashian butt? Oh, very clearly the Kardashian butt. We can't afford to inject ours, but uh, I see it with my own children. Uh, we've got the long torso. We've got short, stubby little legs. Uh, but, you know, in all seriousness, I wanted to get a scholarship. Football was my thing. I fell in love with it in high school. I didn't play in Little League because I was scared. I didn't want to get hurt. You know, I knew it was a very violent game. The moment I started playing in high school, I fell in love with the violence. And I realized that a tight end scholarship was going to be hard to get. There's one tight end scholarship maybe at every school a year. There could be as many as five O-line scholarships. So I said, I'm going to gain whatever weight I have to. I started eating a dozen eggs every single day, a gallon of milk a day. I gained 120 pounds in high school. Willingly. I mean, I did that by choice. I got to Utah at 294 pounds, eating as clean of a diet as possible, because I said, I don't care what it takes. I love football. I love the violence. I want to hurt somebody. I don't want to injure anybody, but I want to hit somebody. I want to hurt somebody, and the offensive line was the way to do that. Uh, But, yeah, gaining weight for me was a very big challenge. I'm not naturally that size. So it just depends on each individual person. I mean, look at Darren Paulo, Utah's left tackle. He's got to be on a diet to get down to 325. These are massive men. But, yeah, the offensive line, the tight end position, it's weird because nobody ever says, I want to be a tight end. It's always a receiver who gets too fat or a quarterback who's too big. But the tight end position, going back to the drops, it's the, it's the weirdest position in all of football because they're asked to block like an offensive lineman, but they're skinny and the girls like them, which makes the offensive line resent them. Any catch that goes to a tight end pisses off the receivers, and they want the ball. They feel like, let's give the ball to me. I can break a tackle. You know, 260 pounds over here can't break any tackles. So the tight ends are the least popular position in football, even though they're, they're very funny guys. I mean, for the most part, these guys are pretty popular. But from a football standpoint, everybody hates them because they're getting credit for being pass catchers, but they don't want to block. They're the football equivalent of a gray area. He's Kyle Gunther. He's got stories. That that tight end story, that was a good one, Kyle. I enjoyed that. Thanks for breaking that out. Tight ends are out. I got a solution. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you have one Andy Ludwig story per week, that, I don't think you can go wrong with that. I don't know how many of those you got stored up, but that was a solid one. Whatever you guys need, you let me know. I'll tell you about E4 next week. All right, we'll look forward to that, E4. I look forward to that story. Kyle, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, thank you. Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman, the red and the blue every Friday. He's here every Friday. Brian Keel's here every Friday. We'll talk with Brian in about half an hour. He's at 9 o'clock on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. NFL opens the season with a bit of a snoozer. The Packers grind out a 10-3 win over the Bears. Aaron Rodgers throwing for 203 yards in the game's lone touchdown. College football tonight. Boise State 
playing on ESPN2, hosting Marshall, 7 o'clock. If you want to watch the Utes' former offensive coordinator, Troy Taylor, now at Sac State, they're at Arizona State, 8 o'clock on the Pac-12 Networks. And Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia, hosting William & Mary tonight, 6 o'clock on the ACC Networks. Tomorrow, the Utes host Northern Illinois, 11 a.m. The Ute pregame show begins at 10 a.m. on the Zone Sports Network. The game will be televised on the Pac-12 Networks. BYU plays first road game at Tennessee, 5 o'clock on ESPN. The BYU pregame show begins at 4 o'clock at JCW's in Provo here on the Zone Sports Network. Utah State hosts Stony Brook in their home opener, 5.30 on Facebook. Scotty G has the pregame show at 4.30 on 1280 The Zone. Major League Baseball, Dakota Hudson throws six innings of one-hit ball as the Cardinals shut out the Giants 10-0. Kyle Schwarber goes deep. The Grand Slam helps the Cubs beat the Brewers 10-5 and keep pace with the Cardinals in the National League Central. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. they got a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That number again, 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. The Jazz, the Utes, and the Cougars. This is real. When it comes to covering the teams you're passionate about, nobody does it better. Yes! This is DJ and PK. Okay. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. Okay. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. What are your college football predictions for the weekend? Who's going to win and why? What are you thinking? And we get this from Taveve. College football sucks, David. No, it don't. What? No, it don't. (sighs) It don't, you're right. thought that was unnecessarily hostile. Anthony believes that Tennessee is going to beat BYU because Georgia State is better than the school down south. See, there's someone that won't let the rivalry go. Is just rubbing it in now. You don't get the win and move on. You might be able to get a home-and-home with Georgia State. Sweet. Play the top cards, of the Sun right? Belt right there. Yeah, maybe a, you know, a two-for-one. They played Georgia when they were in a conference, and obviously it was a non-conference game. I was down there. For that particular game. For Georgia Tech? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Cougars lost that game, if I remember correctly. Uh, I think that's the only one they lost. I think they played four times and won three out of the four. But you were there for the L and the fire in the press box, and you feared for your life. Not happy when that Yeah, there was locked. smoke on the water, a fire in the press box. dun 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 <laughs> That's a great There it is. <laughs> Who is that? Deep purple. Not touring and filling out and filling up uh, 20,000 seat arenas. I couldn't name you one other tune by Deep Purple. Could you name one member of they the band? They probably couldn't either, no. but they're still, you know. Are they out there still? That's classic. Yeah, I, I mean, know, that, that, 
that introduction. I couldn't have told you it was Deep Purple, but certainly. But everybody can go. Smoke, bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 smoke on the water or fire in the press box. Yes. That'd be an interesting battle. Georgia State. Okay, Wikipedia says that they were BYU. active 68 to 76. It's an old story. Then they broke up and went their own ways, and then nothing happened for them. They got back together, and it says 1984 to present. They're still active. Still playing somewhere. I hope they come to Tooele, because I'll go. you got to be 21 if you go to the Pepper Mill. Made the mistake once of uh, going with uh, a couple, and they brought their son. And he wasn't 21. The 19 or 20-year-old got left at the door. He had to sit in the car during the show. <laughs> they actually play tonight. They're in Temecula. 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 Man, if I leave today at 10, I could I'll get there. You. I'll bet you. Is there some casino out there? It is the yeah, Pachanga Resort and Casino. <laughs> they, I could they get don't, there. Oh, my gosh. They play in Salt Lake. When? when? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 15th of, of September? September. Yes. Let's get them on. Play this bit. Send this bit to him. Tell him we've been talking about him. We'll That's get him next on. Sunday. The Delta Hall at Eccles Theater. Really? Not really sure what that is. But, but see, that the goes Delta to your hall. theory. That's not the theater. It's over to the side. <laughs> Thanks. In the hall, yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> playing a hallway. Be about 12 people. The Eccles, is that the new theater downtown? They got their name on so many theaters. It could be. That is the new theater downtown is, is the yeah, Eccles. That's a beautiful, but if there beautiful were, venue. It is. And I, I've been to it. It's awesome. But if there were an Eccles theater up at the U, would you be surprised? No. Well, that's hence why I'm asking. I right. don't know the answer to that question. I'll give you a probably on the downtown because that seems like about the right size. But it's not in the theater. It's in the hall. <laughs> I don't know so what, what does that mean? I don't know. The Delta Hall? <laughs> You've maxed out my knowledge. But they're playing a casino in Te- Temecula, so I'm thinking I'm, that I'm they're aware playing of the casino in Temecula. So does it see three thousand? I'm guessing. I haven't been there. Mm, I would say a little less. Okay, but I was thinking it was Sandy Amphitheater ish. I think it's smaller. Oh, okay, the Temecula one. I don't know what the Delta Hall of Eccles Theater is though, and is that the Eccles Theater that was just? Uh, Someone will hit us up on Twitter and let us know. David DJ James connected to, to where we'll, the old Tribune building we'll, used to be. We'll get to the uh, we'll get to the bottom of that. But now I know what I'm doing next Sunday. <laughs> Was that on air? <laughs> I got a really funny phone call about this conversation. About Deep Purple? Yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> and you can't share it? Okay. I don't even know how we got on that topic. Uh, because you, I said, you said Georgia Tech because they should play Georgia State because someone made a pick that BYU is worse than Georgia State. And that brought you up, hey, they went to Georgia Tech. Why doesn't BYU go to Georgia State and settle who's better? And okay. then I brought up the fire in the hallway, and then, oh, and then you went smoke in the press box. No, bum, fire bum, in the bum. press box, not smoke. It's right. smoke on the water, fire in the press box. Well, I messed up the lyrics, but nonetheless, that's how we got there. <laughs> it's like a few weeks back, he quoted Madonna, I'm leaving my baby. <laughs> so it was a, it was you a remix. Keep, you keep the baby. That's it the was, whole premise it of was, the tune. It was a remix. You don't leave the baby. So close. <laughs> and yet, so far. Leave the baby. <laughs> that is fraudulent as a parent. Jeff says, I predict I will mow the lawn before sitting in the pool, and I also predict that I will watch a lot of football. You got a pool. Good for you. Winner. Well, what are you going to do, man? You're going to have to go to the pool early. 
or I guess go in between or what? Because once eleven o'clock starts, it's go then time. It's football literally the whole rest of the day. I probably will not go more oh, than an hour without oh, watching football. I see the problem with Jeff. Jeff studied at the University of Southern California and lives in Santan Valley, Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, it's hot as bleep there. <laughs> <laughs> he has a yard to mow? I was going to say, that's the surprise. He's, he's got to mow the uh, grass. They have patches of grass. They no, most folks don't have full yards of grass. You'll have areas of grass that need to be mowed, but not the entire. Doesn't sound like it's going to take him very long. It wouldn't, No. Unless he has some enormous house that I'm unaware of, but most of the folks have some form of desert landscape. They may have a little area of grass. Like go, 10 by 10, oh, 12 by 12. A lot of St. George places have that too. Uh, so, yeah, it wouldn't be, depending on the size of his yard, obviously. Rocky Howell's trying to hurt you. Rocky says, I'm picking Troy Taylor over ASU. That'd be a monumental upset. That would send back, that would derail the Herm train. Big time. That'd be a big old problem right there. <laughs> yes. Now, has uh, ASU got a history of losing those money games? I mean, the Big they don't, Sky? I know. They don't jump out at me that they... The Big Sky. Do they? I don't Does think Does any do. program have a history of losing the Big Sky teams? Unless you're in the Big Sky. Eastern Washington has beaten a couple of uh, teams. The Big Sky's gotten wins occasionally. But you're asking for a history. One win is not a history. Well, Sac State did put 77 points on Southern Oregon. They did. The Mighty Raiders last week. They did. Yeah, absolutely. And Troy went in and demanded a new contract. (laughs) It was great not to get yelled at in the press box during games. (laughs) But nothing happened between those two. They got along famously. (laughs) Cool. That's good to know. Oh, if only you knew. If only we were doing uh, serious uh, satellite radio. <laughs> <laughs> Got to follow Howard Stern. But let some of the homers think what they want to think. That That's fine with me. I don't have any problem with that. All right, more of your predictions. Justin says, I'm going to watch Dark Crystal on Netflix. Why? Then I'm going to watch football all weekend. I'm going to eat oh. hot dogs and brats. I'm going to shower once, and I'm going to watch all the Utah-based teams win their games. Sweep! Well, they got two money games mixed in there, so the odds of a sweep go way up. Utah and Utah State ought to stroll home. Daniel says BYU wins a close one. Utah wins easily. Utah State in a blowout. And the USA wins and advances to the next stage in the FIBA World Cup. I'm being told my woman from Tokyo is a great deep purple tune. Make the magic happen, young buck. And hush. And child in time. There's four songs you can hear in the hallway Sunday the 15th. Let's start pumping that concert. Yeah, you'd have to think they would play them. Hal says, uh, you want a prediction? Yes, I do, The jazz season will start in one month, baby. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. You know, Hal, only your wife thinks you're funny. All right, DJ and PK, more of your predictions coming up on a football Friday. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Follow DJ and PK on Twitter where the show never ends. At David DJ James and PK Kinahan.
You're locked on to DJ and PK. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottle of water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. I want some feedback right now. Here it comes. 11 o'clock. Do you like it or dislike it? I like it. Dislike it. I like it. It's too early. Not too early. I can live with noon. No. 11 a.m. Morning morning football. No, thanks. Morning has broken. Morning has broken. The NFL plays in the morning. Of course they do on our side of the country. 10 a.m. is way too early. It's it's not 10 a.m. This is 11 a.m. You fans going to the game, do you like or dislike? You just have to adjust. But now, I, I would think that restaurants in the area would just absolutely be ecstatic. Because they're going to win. You're going to feel good. You're going to come out of the game at 2.30 and it's too early for dinner and you're going to go home. No. It's too, <laughs> it's Bloody Marys instead of beer bombs. There's no such thing as too early for food. It's the weekend. You, they're going to go and hang out. I, think, I don't know that I would want a steady diet of them. But Lavelle used to talk about uh, Sundays or Saturdays at noon. It's one hour. What's the difference? One hour. And it, the weather shouldn't be extremely hot. So the youth fans who are going to the game, do you like it at noon? Now you got to get up a little earlier to do the tailgating, and you may have to change your food selection to more brunchy rather than uh, beefy. But I think you would lovey-dovey. Are you with me, Sneaky? Not anymore, no. I'm, I'm going to hit Wikipedia here in a minute. No way. No way. Uh, we've got, uh, I think we need to tell the story before we go to break. Every pitcher tells it. Yuck. He's <laughs> so random. <laughs> so random. <laughs> Yuck would tell you what was happening. I told you, text him. Does PK ever lose interest in I'm the show? losing interest. And get incredibly random Same Friday thing. at 830. It's random. These are things not, that not losing in my head. Let me take, you're bored. Just I've lost my religion, but I'm not losing interest. Thank you, REM. Okay. Uh, Chris wants you to know there are a few smaller theaters in the Eccles building. My father-in-law was a superintendent who built it. So, to that, the deep well, good purple. Good for Chris. Marry a superintendent. <laughs> to the deep purple fans and listening See, my to wife, her family, what are you doing? But I came the, from a family of janitors. We didn't make much money. So, who was that? Mark, Steve, Joe, marry Chris. somebody, Chris. Chris, a superintendent. That means you order people around, much like you do. Buck took a phone call in the last break. Ooh, I thought he was taking something else. You had me uh, nervous. I'm ignoring that. <laughs> and he said he couldn't minutes. talk about it, but I think now that we know the backstory, it can be talked about. Lloyd called wondering why we were talking about Deep Purple. I had no answer. Because I had forgotten how we got it. Turns out it, freaked, it, it turns <laughs> out it freaked out Lloyd a little bit because Deep Purple's coming to town on the 15th and they've already bought advertising on the station and it starts running next week and he wondered how Makes the heck sense. we knew about it. And they're playing at the Delta Hall, which apparently has adjunct rooms. 
where they can play concerts inside the the one on Main Street? The new Eccles Theater there. They got Broadway plays and concerts and stuff, but they have smaller venues as part of the building. I did not know that. I I've didn't know seen that multiple either. concerts. I'm seeing one in three weeks there. Robert Plant is coming to Eccles Theater, and I'm going to go to that one, and I've been to multiple, but I did not know there were other buildings or venues within the overall venue. This is not a football breakdown, but at least I learned something. <laughs> we asked for predictions, <laughs> and this all started with a reference to Georgia State. Stream Little did of you know you predicted Deep Purple is coming to town. Yeah. Troy says BYU 24-17. Put that in the bank, DJ. What bank? Uh, I don't know. Zion? Expression. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a big TV and a big bank, that's for sure. Put it. Put that in the bank. I hope so, man. I'm nervous for this game. I want Kalani to win. There's other guys on the staff I've known. I want them to have success. I think it's a little higher scoring and BYU wins. I think you got the margin about right. Who cares? What now, Buck? Uh, Jay Catch responds with, yes, it's clockwork. DJ knows it. <laughs> Did I tell you? Get right back to you? I don't ever lose interest in the show, so I refuse that 100%. Bored is probably... I'll retract get, to lose interest. I get bored with you, but that's Monday morning at 7.30. But by Friday, <laughs> you're bored with the games also. It's a constant personal attacks is why. Wait, you're on the air. PK gets... Uh, disinterested in the show and that's not a personal attack that's great that's long-term employment security when your co-host is saying he's disinterested in what he's doing that's that's not a personal attack it's it's really interesting the perception that you have of yourself and the perception you have of me perfect loser that's not even close But go ahead and play the victim. You learned it. Play the victim. You learned it. You're disinterested in your employment. Play the victim? Am I playing anything or being assigned a role that attacks my very integrity? Even when he's wrong, he still strives to spin it as he's right. Smoke. And people ask me, ask him, how do you put up with him? Whereas me, he's been trying to get me canned for 15 years. I've not been trying to get you canned. Jeez. Suck. Yeah. He's he's disinterested in his job. I've actually been doing the show seven times. That's great. That makes me feel really warm on a cold winter day in the studio. <laughs> well, every day is a cold winter day. I know. I have my jammies on underneath. Ick. It's cold in here. It is usually 60 when we walk in here in the morning. PK tries to use the solar power of the big window and everything to heat it up to a brisk 65 by the end of the show. I'm going to be like Antonio Brown in the winter. <laughs> what does that mean exactly? My feet are going to be frostbit. Oh, okay. I mean, what the, does I w- that mean? Well, I went to the helmet. Well, with all the crushing blows I take from you, I ought to wear a helmet. Probably. <laughs> That'd be best. <laughs> <laughs> Bug provided instant analysis. But you got to provide it on the air, not just in our ears. Okay, that was a good joke. (laughs) I'm hoping that the Cougars win, man. I'm nervous for this game. I don't know that I've been nervous for for a BYU game in a while. We got to get to Brian Keel here in a second. So I want to know why you're nervous here. Because Because I think if they lose this game, the 0-4 is real. Right, right. And I don't want them 0-4. Because of the ramifications... 
you're nervous, but is there anything about the matchup that makes you nervous? I don't believe Tennessee is as bad as it showed, even though the evidence is what it is. <laughs> right, even though the evidence is very bad. Games see, I happen. Can, I Things can, happen in football games. And I can buy that, but even if they you know, improve a notch, that's still not good enough. They need to improve like four or five notches. That was... To be BYU? Yeah, yeah, that was a disastrous performance. Well, it wasn't like BYU was uh, the uh, top of its game. Sure. But they gave the, up 17 points. I, I get that. You're not winning if you do that. But the quality of the competition, you got a team that is ranked in the top 15 in every poll, and you got a team coming off a 2-10 and 10 year in the Sun Belt. I get BYU had flaws and did not look good in stretches of that game, and you can say this has to improve, that has to, and it's all true. But at least that was against the top 15 opponent. This was against the 2-10. Okay, and then why isn't uh, Tennessee favored then, buddy? I mean, why isn't BYU favored? You know, I think I have to go back with the thing you always throw at me. You always pick the bigger name team. You always pick the bigger brand. Tennessee, SEC football. Vegas big does brand. that? See, I don't think Vegas no, does that. No, but Vegas reacts to what fans do because they're just trying to split the fans' money in half. Right. but They're they, not trying to make a they, prediction. They, they don't care who uh, bets on what. They, if they thought BYU should be favored, they would have put BYU favored. Right. Because putting BYU favored by two, you're still doing the same thing. So I don't think that that applies in this case. You're still going to split it either way. It doesn't matter. There's going to be people who think, oh, that BYU bet, that's great. There's gonna Now there's people who think, oh, that Tennessee bet, that's great. So I don't think that matters in this case. I think BYU, uh, Vegas folk who tend to be right more than they're wrong, they believe that Tennessee should be favored, which is why they favored them. They're going to make money on that either way. I'll say BYU 31-23. What do you got? Uh, I'll think about it. All right. PK's answer is coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. DJ and PK, we're talking Cougars next. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker. He'll join us next. Stay with us.